Welcome back to Look Ma No Hands. This is the first ever Skype recorded interview that I am doing during the coronavirus pandemic in which most of us are at home quarantined. Um, and I thought the show in this time, I feel like must go on um, because so many of us are at home um, just with a lot of questions and uncertainty and also probably a little bit of frustration and overwhelmed being cooped up with our little ones. I was connected on Instagram to um, Miss Elizabeth Henschel, who is on the other line with me. Welcome to the show, Dr. Henschel. Thank you. Um, Dr. Henschel is the is um, a psychologist with the Parenting Well, and um, she works with people who are on the journey of parenting. And what I love the most about what she described to me is what she does is she doesn't help people parent per se. It's not like reading a parenting book, but she helps them fill their own well, their own tank, um, because that's really honestly the single best ingredient to being a great parent. I know in my own journey that has been true, and it's been ever more important recently because as Dr. Henschel knows, she has a three-year-old and a one-year-old just like me um, having a low tank because you're quarantined inside with your kids is no joke. Am I right? It, it is no joke. Yes, it is no <laughs> joke. So there's no manual really, for this. There's no manual about this. So let's dive right in. One of the things that most concerns me, I think, about what's going on right now, um, is that cabin fever can call, cause most of us to feel higher stress levels than normal, especially being cooped up with our kids all day. And and I guess what I mean by saying concerns, I'm not I'm not concerned. I honestly feel like most of us are doing the best that we can and we ought to give ourselves a pat on the back. I keep seeing these Instagram stories about like homeschooling and lesson plans. And like, I I think that's awesome. But like, dear God, guys, take the pressure off of yourselves to be doing this perfectly because most of us are completely in over our heads in a situation we are not used to being in. So take the pressure off and just know that we are all dealing with the situation. No one has ever been in this situation before. Um, and we're all doing the best we can just one day at a time. But um, Dr. Henschel, what suggestions do you have for parents who are really feeling the stress right now? And I mean, how can we take care of ourselves when we're in such a different scenario than we're used to? Like when we're, I mean, alone time for some of us with such little children is almost, it's it's almost zero. Um, so what are some of the strategies that we can use to just take care of ourselves so we're not, you know, totally, totally crazed at the moment? Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better. I think that with everything being so topsy-turvy and most of us taking on more than usual, it's really important to recognize that it's normal to feel stress. And so I really want to emphasize that this is normal, whatever you're feeling. Um, and it's really hard with everything going on to find time to breathe and check in with how we're doing. But I actually think that that's the best thing that we can do. Um what happens when we're feeling overwhelmed to really simplify things is that the thinking part of our brain goes offline and the emotional part takes over. So we can really easily get off track. So I think that slowing down even just for a second or two at a time, take a deep breath, which regulates our body, lets our minds catch up, check in with how we're feeling, make flexible plans to keep us on the track uh, with what really matters. That really is the best Thing that we can do. We're feeling so many things. You know, we feel anxious about the virus. We feel stressed about managing childcare in a new way. We feel confused about how to continue working uh, while we're doing all of that. We feel grief for the losses that we may be experiencing. Like 
missing celebrations or vacations or routines or income. Um, so I think it's really helpful to step back, reframe what we're doing here. We're doing things really differently to keep everybody as safe as possible. And when we look at it like that, it frees us up to structure things accordingly, you know, focus on our health and safety, make space for the emotions that are definitely going to come and go. It's like you said, not necessarily the time to win homeschooling teacher of the year, especially right, if you've like never homeschooled before. Simple. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Does it. Exactly. Yeah. We're not we're not going to be the most productive employee that we ever have been. You know, we've got to be realistic. And even more importantly, I think we've got to be really gentle with ourselves. So, um, you know, we got to take a step back and slow down. So when this whole thing started, um, it was like day one and I was totally overwhelmed and I didn't even really realize I was overwhelmed, but the biggest indicator was that my husband took me aside while I was, I guess, half homeschooling our kids. Not really, but I was just way more in the weeds with them than I'm used to being. I'm not home with both of them all day. So this is my first day of that. And, um, uh, he took me aside and he was like, you know, you, you left. I went to the grocery store for a couple hours. He was like, you went to the grocery store for a couple hours. And like, I was holding down the fort here and like, it was really easy. And like, I hate to say this to you, but you're so high strung right now that everyone is following your lead. Like everyone is tense because you're tense. Mm. And I really, I really had thought that I was doing the right thing. Like I thought, you know, I'm keeping everyone on a schedule and I'm watching all these Instagram posts and I'm like, okay, everyone's doing this. We're doing this. And I'm trying to keep everyone in line and I'm setting such high expectations for myself and also for my, my kids And no one's happy. And I just was like, you're right. You know, like, I've got to let go. And this is like, no fun for anybody. And I don't want my kids to remember this time being like this horrible, like, stressful time. You know, we're all home. We don't know how long we have together. We're going to make the best of it. Um, And that was kind of like like a turning point moment for me where I was like, listen, I'm not a teacher. And I'm going to do the best I can. And if I teach my kids anything through this crazy time, it's going to be I don't have to be perfect at everything or even close. Yeah. Um, but we're just going to get through this one day at a time and we're going to make it the best that we can make it. Um, so speaking of being, you know, ourselves just being chasing the unknown right now, we don't know what this virus is going to really turn into. How do we answer questions from our children? How do we explain to them what's going on? What age can we start discussing this with them? And what are some good ways to do that? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not a child psychologist, so I'm not an expert in um, children per se. But I think that there are a few things that we can keep in mind here. First of all, just taking the time to talk with them in an age appropriate way, whatever that means. And you know your kids best, you know, Um, but being honest, accurate and still being calm, being reassuring, answering questions the best you can as simply as possible. Um, And then. I think just making yourself available. So that means time without your phones. Um, I say your, me too, time without our phones, um, right. without the news on, you know, so that kids know that if they do have a question or that they need something or they're having a big emotion that they can come to you and have your attention. Um, and then I think maintaining a routine, it, it may be a different routine, but as close to normal as possible for them, uh, maintaining that routine can be helpful. And, um, you know, there are a few key points. I was looking at the National Association of School Psychologists. They they gave a few things that you can highlight with your kids. So I think it's helpful just to hear those. Um, they said to emphasize that adults are taking care of your health and safety. Not everyone will get the virus. People are being careful to minimize the numbers of people who get it. We should treat everyone with respect. 
and there are many things that we can do to minimize exposure, like hand washing, avoiding close contact, covering coughs and sneezes, and cleaning. So in addition to talking with your kids, we can also just model and encourage those behaviors for them. I love that. I just, I took my daughter, again, I feel like the only place we've been is the grocery store, but I took her to the grocery store today, and um, I put a hand sanitizer on her hands before we went in, and she was like, why are we using that, Mommy? Because, you know, I've been putting hand sanitizer on her all the time. Yeah. And I said, you know, there are there is a sickness that's going around right now, and we're gonna we're doing everything our can, our, we can not to spread germs to keep ourselves healthy and to help keep other people healthy, and she didn't even ask me a follow-up question. That's it. But, yeah, um, that's it. Yeah, all she needed. I think it's pretty basic. Yeah, it's all she needed. She doesn't need to know what it's called. She doesn't need to know the details. She's three and a half years old. So it's kind of like a case by case basis. But as exactly. far as news goes, you know, there is value, obviously, to being informed. But is there like a parameter that a good guide for us as far as for those of us who are sensitive to news intake? Um, there was a New York Times article that came out today talking about how quarantined husbands and wives are really <laughs> facing a funny dilemma right now because <laughs> Most of them have a difference in the way that they consume news. Some people consume news all day long and they aren't bothered by it. And the other mm-hmm. other people need like, like five minutes a day and the rest feels overwhelming. So what's like a good what's a good amount of time we can spend like informing ourselves and then moving on? Yeah, I mean, this is absolutely everywhere. Like my Instagram account, for instance, is full of content. And, you know, while a lot of it is really supportive and it's really well-meaning, I still find that I need to take breaks or that I start to feel more anxious, you know? So um, again, I think it's important to just recognize it's normal to worry, uh, but we want to make sure that it's productive worry. And only you know that for yourself. And then you have supportive people around you, like your husband who can point it out and say, hey, like this, this seems to be bothering you. You know, let's take a step back and figure out what we can do differently. So I think generally speaking, set boundaries. Um, You'll know what that means for you. And if you don't, then, you know, ask somebody or if you find that it's hard to stick to whatever it is that you decide, ask somebody for help. Uh, limit the news you consume, uh, whether you only look at one source like the CDC or you set a time limit, like you only check it after you've had your coffee in the morning or you check it, you know, an hour before you go to bed or whatever works for you. Maybe you only read it for 10 minutes at a time, five minutes at a time, do some breathing before and after, you know, just kind of play around with it and see what works. You don't have to know right now. Um, give yourself permission not to know everything about the virus. You know, we can go in those rabbit holes and uh, and there's a lot to learn and it's always changing. So I think recognizing that we are not the experts is OK. Decide what your plan is based on the current guidelines, trust that that's going to be the right thing or the best thing, and then let go and just follow that plan. And then with the time that you're protecting, if you're not consuming the news all the time, all the time, you know, you can do the things that are more important than ever, like making that new routine, um, doing the things that are basic for health, like washing your hands, eating well, sleeping, getting exercise, doing things that you enjoy or finding joy maybe in the things you're already doing. Like you were saying, you know, we're so strapped for time. It it may feel overwhelming to think like, oh, I'm going to, you know, read a book today when I can't manage to brush my teeth, you know. But um, but if you've found a minute for a shower, like use the body wash you love and really soak up that smell, appreciate it, you know, take the the small things that are already there and then um, stay connected. 
stay connected to people, it, it really does make a big difference, whether it's texting or FaceTiming. I had a friend who organized a St. Patrick's Day girls night on Zoom. <laughs> and it was, um, you know, I, I saw on Instagram, it seemed like a lot of people are doing that sort of thing. But like, you got to do what you can, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. My favorite time of the day, every I know whenever I go on vacation for like any amount of time, I always kind of get into a rhythm. Like there's always a show that I get into or a book and I start really looking forward to watching it or reading it every day. And I found that in my quarantine days with my husband, my best part, my favorite part of the day is like after the, um, after the kids go to sleep and we pick out a show that we want to watch together, or we play a board game together, or we just talk or it's my favorite part of the day just to yeah. know all of the duties are done. We've cleaned yes. up the house or we haven't. Exactly. I was just about <laughs> and, to say, or you haven't. Yeah, or you haven't because it's really not that important. Yeah. Um, and we just get to like have this fun time together and it's like a date night because neither one of us can go out to an office right now yeah. um, or engage with anybody else. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, it's kind of like this is the only thing we have to do is just be with each other and have a good time and finding whatever space there is in the day to just feel some normalcy and connect with each other yeah. um, I think is like super important. I'm also personally just as much as I um, sometimes I find news overwhelming, but in this case, I really am like very positively overwhelmed by the perspective, the, the positive perspectives that I'm seeing shared on mm-hmm. my social media. And that I really feel like the whole world right now is pressing a giant reset button. Mm-hmm. And I say that with a full awareness of all of the, um, all of the financial burdens that are present right now, the financial uncertainty, the economic uncertainty, there's a lot that we are facing. There's a lot to grieve. Um, But I also am, I'm just so cognizant that like we're, we're also really embracing each other in a way that we never have. Kids are out playing in the street. Yeah. Um, People are connecting with each other almost. It seems like more than they ever have, even though they can't see each other. Um, There's just this sense of community that I haven't honestly seen since 9-11 and I was a very little child when 9-11 happened so um to to witness that really in my adult lifetime I'm so uplifted by it and I think you know we've all been freaking out like the economy oh my god what's going to happen and then like the worst has happened like I mean mm-hmm. there's more to come but like it's stopped the economy is basically like stopped functioning and look at us you know we're we're making it work we're coming together we're supporting each other and to have the opportunity to see that and really look at what's really important. My husband said to me the other day, he was like, I didn't realize how fast we were all moving. I didn't realize I how fast we were going. I know. Yeah. It's, it's a stark contrast and it's, um, and, and, you know, there are a lot of downsides and a lot of hardships and struggle. And also there are positives that are coming out of it. And I think that it's, um, I think it's good to hold both of those things at the same time, you know, like it really is amazing. My husband pointed this out to me where everybody in the world is experiencing the same thing at the same time. And yet we can't come together in the way that we'd like or in, or in the way that we're used to. So we've got to get creative about how to do that. Um, but I think that exactly that, I think coming together is the thing that's going to help us get through it the most. Like you mentioned 9-11, um, there's, you know, this idea that community support makes a huge difference in how people process stressful community events because it's not something that's just happening to them, you know. So we have, as individuals, we have stress hormones that are swirling around in our bodies all the time, but especially right now. 
and they right. help us. They help us. They mobilize us. You know, they're really good short term. It's like that fight or flight bear example. You see a bear, you gotta, you, you don't have time to think. You gotta just do. You know, but long term, those stress hormones they really take a toll on our bodies. And this is a long game that we're looking at. So we definitely need to figure out how to manage the stress. And the good news is that movement. And helping other people helps us to do that, you know, funneling that anxious energy into, um, you know, taking a walk with your kids or packing goodie bags for neighbors or doing yoga or, you know, having that virtual FaceTime dinner date with friends, whatever makes sense for you uh, is the thing that's going to help us to release the stress and, and come together. And, you know, in, in Houston, like we've seen that in Harvey, you know, we all have 9-11 Harvey, like we, we have these examples in our mind of times when, we went through something that was terrifying, you know, and yet we came together and people felt uplifted. And um, and I think that that's really cool and something to mobilize, you know. But I also I want to I just want to say um, if you're feeling anxious, you know, you got to take care of yourself first. Like flight attendants have always taught us put the oxygen mask on yourself first for a reason. And it's the underlying principle of my practice. You You take care of others better when you're taking care of yourself. So. Supporting yourself, supporting your community of other parents, of friends, it's actually the best way to help children through this, too, because uh, it means that we're going to be more available to them and help them process what they're going through. Well, I think people really need to hear that right now. So I'm really, yeah. as a parent, you know, I can just say I'm really glad that you said that. Um, that's really, yeah. really important. Let's yeah. talk about women who are either pregnant or, you know, about to have a baby or who are currently postpartum. I'm yes. friends with a lot of people through Instagram and social media who just had a baby you know, postpartum, two weeks postpartum is stressful enough when you're not quarantined. So um, how can we support these women during this time? Well, you know, to the women who are going through it, I would say, you know, I'd encourage, and this is obvious, I think, but encourage everyone to talk with their medical providers uh, to get information about, you know, risk or potential precautions and things like that. We know, like you said, the the perinatal period the, from the first days of pregnancy through the first year and even beyond, they, they carry their own risks for anxiety and depression, you know. And so with all this worry that we all are are having on top of those things, it can be really, um, really overwhelming. So same thing as always, you know, take care of yourself, pay attention to changes, have other people, you know, look out for you, too, and, and tell you when they're noticing things that are different for you. Use the coping strategies that have worked well for you in the past. Um, that being said, I mean, gosh, like those early days with the little babes, that's that's something in and of itself. So for those of us who are in positions to help, I'd say let's reach out. Let's ask how people are doing. Offer what we can, you know, whether it's scheduling quick FaceTime visits to, you know, I don't know, bring a smile to someone's face, kids talking to kids, whatever it is, send groceries if that's possible um, remind people just the, of the simple things like, hey, take care of yourself. That laundry, it does not have to get done. Um, you know, whatever, whatever it is that's bothering that, that person. And then maybe it is a time actually to dive into all those Instagram recommendations of activities and, and send them along if they've got, you know, older kids who need occupying or something like that. You know, that could be a reason for all of those tips and tricks. Well, I know that the people who are going through having a new child, a new child, a new person in their lives at this time are going to be part of a very exclusive club um, of women yeah. who oh my are gosh, just, yes. they're never going to forget it. And, no. um, 
And then on the other hand, I mean, I have no idea what it's like to be going through this, but like I wanted to sort of quarantine myself when I was a new mom. So yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> there's that added benefit, like oh, the whole world has actually stopped moving, so I don't have to feel like I'm missing anything because the whole world has stopped. Right. Um, so I want to hear more about the parenting well on a non-coronavirus note yeah. um, and what you do in your practice. I'm I'm so encouraged to hear somebody really looking at um, helping men and women through the journey of parenting with a focus on the actual adult human being on the parenting journey. Yeah. I um, I know I have fallen into this sort of trap as a parent of kind of getting obsessive, I would say, almost with like the parenting strategies and tools and skills. And and there are so many out there and they're very helpful. But oftentimes the real issue starts with me. The real issue has to do with something I need to work out. It's a it's a self-parenting issue. And you really help people work through that in your practice. So I would love to hear more about maybe how you got started with that and and how you work with men and women to just help make their journeys better and more fulfilling. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, as with anything, so like I'm, I'm a licensed psychologist and I am generally trained to provide psychotherapy to adults. I have a lot of experience working in healthcare settings. And then I went through pregnancy myself and I've experienced it with a lot of friends and family and I've, you know, had miscarriages and, and I have two children now. And so I'm parenting day to day and I just have realized, um, that there is such a real need for support in the process, not just of parenting, but of all the stages of parent uh, of pregnancy, but of all the stages of parenting. Um, and so I want to just kind of flip, flip things uh, in, in a different direction where, you know, traditionally we think about the medical side of things and we see our medical provider during pregnancy regularly, but that's sort of it for a lot of us. And then after that, we're kind of left to our own devices. And the reality is there are so many ups and downs. And um, so I, I just decided that there's a real need to serve here. I got training in perinatal mental health and I want to support people. Um, so I think that, like you said, focusing on focusing on yourself really makes all the difference. And it's not a like sort of self-centered thing to do that, you know, for kids development and also our own, because we're always developing, you know, throughout our lives, we have the opportunity to rewire our brain and to learn and to do things differently. And, and one of the best ways to do that is just through connection. And I say just, it's not a simple, it's not a simple or easy thing, but, um, but we have that opportunity in parenting. We we now have, you know, these relationships that we are cultivating. And um, at the end of the day, knowing what matters to you as a person, like what you value, you know, um, being able to achieve goals that you set that are in line with those values. And that's really hard. Like we set New Year's resolutions all the time and we fail. And so there are tips and and. Um, you know, evidence-based ways to set goals and to really feel like you are working towards something that matters to you. And then learning how to stay present day to day, you know, just in the moment, regardless of all the things that you're doing and all the things that are around you, just staying present. Um, those things, I think, really make a difference in how you feel, how you function, and, and then how your kids feel and function and develop as humans. So, um, I, I just I, I love this work. I love what I do. And 
Um, I, I think all the time about how I can um, sort of explain it to people and reach people in a way that feels uh, approachable because there's, there's still a lot of stigma around mental health and you hear psychologists and you think, oh, that's not for me, you know, but, um, but I really do think that there's value in However you do it, whether it's through self-help books or through your relationships that you already have, um, partners or family, friends, whatever it is, mental health provider, however you can do it. I just think that there's we're, we're always improving. There's always room for improvement. And I just want to help people as much as I can to, to do that. Well, I love that. And I also have seen so many um, psychologists and therapists and licensed clinical social workers offering their services um, through the phone or online throughout yes. this crisis right now. So you're doing that as well. Yeah, so I actually, my, my practice is set up as a um, sort of video conferencing practice, a telehealth practice. There are different terms that people use, but that's how my practice is um, is always. Uh, and, oh, I, wow. and I, yeah, and I created it that way for a lot of different reasons, but, um, but I, I've always thought that it just makes sense for people who have busy lives um, you know, you don't have to travel. You don't have to fight traffic to go to the appointment. You don't have to, um, you know, lose that time. So, like, you can have an appointment in between meetings. You know, you, you just have to have the 50 minutes or whatever time works for you. You can be home. And if your, you know, kids are, are, are there with you, that can work. You know, it depends on everybody's situation. But as long as you have privacy for the appointment, um, it can work for you. So I, there are a lot of reasons that I think it's just really um, uh, convenient for people. And then, like, the research says that it works. People build good relationships in therapy that way, and they they like it. They meet their goals. And in, I, I have a lot of experience doing it that way, and my experience is that people really do actually like it. Um, so it's not just a, a steady outcome, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm well-equipped to do it. I love to do it that way. Well, especially now when, you know, people are, I feel like crises bring, if you have any issues that are that are making your life challenging on a normal day, um, they come to the service on the most challenging days oh, yeah. and during the most challenging times. Yeah. So like right now, I mean, I haven't, I've never seen more ads um, on my Instagram <laughs> feed for like therapy being over yeah. the phone or, or through Skype. I think a lot of us are just like, oh my God, I'm in uncharted territory right now. And how do I deal with this? I also think it's so important to know um, that this too shall pass. And like I have so many times in my life sort of gone in to myself um, with my red pen and yeah. I I haven't re- – I've forgotten to remind myself like, you know, Laura, like you're going through a really challenging time right now and this isn't how your life usually looks. So give yourself some compassion yeah. and grace and, and understand that you're just doing your best um, and something that else that like uh, that helps me is like children are forgiving and resilient and kind oh and and like they they expect the same from us towards ourselves as well. So like you know, be an example of a human being who makes mistakes and apologize when you're wrong and move on. Like everybody, they're gonna grow up and they're gonna have their own whatever their coronavirus, you know, equivalent is. And like, if anything, can they look back and know like, well, mom made mistakes and she thought like she was, she accepted herself, you know, can I at least give them that gift? Because how many people really have that, that they can just accept that they're human? Um, That's such a gift. That's such a gift to give a child. We all are. We are all imperfect. We are all doing our best. And something that I think is really um, good to keep in mind is that, through difficult, through struggling, 
in difficult situations, we can grow, you know, like difficult situations give us an opportunity to, to learn something, to do better. And so, you know, we're all in a difficult situation. We have them every day just in our normal lives, you know, and, and that's okay. It's part of human life. And it just means that we have an opportunity to do better next time, you know? So I love to repair. I love to apologize. <laughs> I love it too. I'm like, Hey, yeah. look, I'm a flawed yeah. human. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> exactly. here, I, here I am. I really, um, I'm reading this book right now by Glennon Doyle. It's called Untamed. Oh my God. Maybe you've heard I of it. I can't wait to get it. <laughs> oh my God. It's just phenomenal. I'm not even like a quarter of the way through it, but she's just so incredible with words. And yes. she talked about this promoting the book. So I knew I was going to read more about it. Um, but it's even more, it's even more beautiful in the book. She talks about how she, um, you know, she has three kids and I think the youngest now is about 10 years old, but she started off as this like Christian mommy blogger. She refers to herself <laughs> and she was just, you know, living life sort of as a perfectionist, I guess, like even though she made a career off of being honest about her flaws as a parent, she was a very good mom. And it was very important to her to be a good mom. And she realized, you know, within the past few years that she didn't want to set this example of perfectionism for her kids. She wanted to show them a mom who was really living her life. And that hit me right in the middle of my eyeballs. And I was like, you know what, I am literally teaching my children how to live a life inside of a cage and my husband would hear me say that and he would probably do like a be like Laura are you kidding me you're being so hard on yourself right now but if I really look at it um, I'm being hard on myself about being hard on myself yeah I, I was really just like my standards for myself were excruciatingly high and there was this big secret that I felt like I was keeping from them that um I was working my ass off to be as good Mm -hmm. of a mom as I was being, and I didn't want that for them. Mm -hmm. And so there was this divide that, like, I'm behind the scenes hustling, Mm -hmm. and I'm not that happy doing this necessarily, and it's really hard for me, but I'm trying to give you, like, a magical, fantastical childhood that's so wonderful, and it's all at my expense, and I'm hiding that. And there was, like, I could feel that. Like, every day I sort of felt like there was this – I don't know, this, this thing that wasn't authentic for me. Yeah. And, um, I started to identify some of the blocks that I had around being more of a human in front of my children and Mm -hmm. showing them, and I'm still identifying those blocks. And what is it that's really stopping me from being a little bit more human? And as I start to identify those blocks and heal them, I become such a happier, more full person. And I have hope that I, I'm modeling for my children, somebody who's full of life and full of joy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, that's what that book is about. I mean, I can't recommend it more highly if you are, I don't know if Amazon shut down the book sales, but you can borrow my copy. <laughs> but um, but it's it's a, an incredible book to be reading right now. And, and if anything really underlines, I guess I'm talking about this because I just see so many women right now, like going full speed ahead with like, I've got to get everything perfectly on a schedule, even though I've never done this before. And like, I think that's what we do as moms. You know, we try to make everything perfect, but, um, our kids will be okay. And, um, that starts with us, you know, know. and you're giving them the perfect example for them, you know, of what it is to be human and what it is to have real emotions and to not know all the answers and to feel scared sometimes and to, apologize when you know we're wrong or we hurt someone or whatever it is you know I mean that that is the perfect example for them so it's like the more it's like you know when when we um you know when we aren't 
perfect is it's a learning opportunity for us and for them we can we can make something of it so they're just really you know we're doing the best we can and being honest about that it's good for everybody I love it. And you're doing all this while you're in the weeds with your own two kids. What is that oh, like? Gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what is that like? like I is mean, it like helpful or are you sometimes like, ah, oh, my God. I mean, I, I, I'm human. So I, I yeah. sort of like I take inspiration, I think, for how hard I want to work to reach people because I know how hard it is myself. You know, I yeah. mean, I have my own struggles and, and I certainly do not do things perfectly and um, I, I have a lot of practice in recognizing that. <laughs> right, exactly. I love yeah. it. I will, I'm, I'm so happy that the world has people like you in it doing what you do. And um, if anyone wants to reach you, because apparently all of your services are offered through the interwebs yeah. um, and the phone, which is awesome. You're on Instagram. You're at The Parenting Well. Yes. And um, I assume it's theparentingwell.com? It is. Did you get that you domain? Very good. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, amazing. You got it. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, it was such an honor having you on the show, um, Dr. Henschel. And thank you again for all you do. And hang tight with that three-year-old and the one-year-old tomorrow. Oh, you Happy too. birthday. We're in, oh, <laughs> thank you. We're in this together. You know, we're all in this together. So at least we, we know that. <laughs> and thanks for all the guidance you gave. I think it was probably very helpful to a lot of people at home right now. So thank oh. you again. And uh, thank you all. For listening. Yes, absolutely. Thank you all for listening to this first ever edited by yours truly episode of Look My No Hands. Our, my editor, Nathan, is in Australia right now, so who knows when oh. he'll be coming back. I know, but Look My No Hands will continue, and it will probably be sounding something like this for the foreseeable future. I'm so grateful for the technology that has enabled me to connect with um, you today, Dr. Henschel, and so many in the future. Amazing. Me Thank too. you again. And um, I am looking forward to joining you guys next time. Stay safe and healthy.